Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Brands That Podcast. This is Eric and Jeremiah, and we're going to do another How Brands Could Podcast episode. This is the second in our series where we find brands that aren't currently using podcast, or at least not yet using podcasting or not using it in all of its forms. And we try and break down examples of how they could by sort of doing like a beginning to end free strategy session, kind of talking out loud about how we think about approaching podcast strategy. And obviously it's meant that any brands listening out there will be able to steal these ideas and kind of just learn how we think and take them and hopefully hopefully it helps your company grow. Today we're going to talk about how fast or any e-commerce SaaS company could podcast. We have been following Dom and the Fast team for a little while now. And since they've been front of mind, we've been kind of going back and forth with them on Twitter. We figured they'd make a great second episode of How Brands Could Podcast. And since we're podcast nerds, we happened to notice the beautiful microphone setups they had and the adjustable mic arms they were using in their videos. And we figured that they're probably going to be launching a show or two in the near future. It seems likely that they would be doing that. And also, overall, they just have a ton of momentum behind them. They're building a huge fan base. They're really fun to watch. They're building in public. And so they're providing a lot of examples for anyone in the startup community to kind of learn in real time and follow them for marketing strategy or business strategy or, you know, investment advice and things like that. Fast was launched in March 2019 by Dom. Stripe actually led the Series A, the popular payments company. They have about 25 employees, although it's hard to probably put a number on that because they're growing fast. And basically their value proposition is that they offer one-click logins, one-click payment, and returns and reorders for the internet. So a few things here that's cool about Fast, Eric and I were talking about this off mic a little bit. And so just to give any audience, if you're not familiar with them, What's neat about Fast is I believe it was up until 2017, Amazon had a patent on the one-click purchase button, and that expired in 2017. Dom was inspired to start Fast by, I believe it was watching his mother-in-law try and order groceries online and how difficult it was. She couldn't remember her password or something to that effect, and she ended up bailing out on the transaction, and he thought there's just got to be a better way to do this. And so... They have the unique challenge, but also exciting challenge of needing to sort of scale two things. If they they face the challenge of um, strategically of getting e-commerce shops to adopt them, if they can get more e-commerce shops to adopt them, and this sort of has a trickle down effect as well, that you know, if they can get big, well-known e-commerce stores, like for example, we just talked about Huckberry last week and in, in how or a few weeks ago, how brands could podcast. If big stores that other e-commerce shop owners look up to adopt, then they get more smaller shops to adopt. And then in turn, that's gonna get them more fast users, more people creating a fast account and deciding to shop with fast. On the flip side, if the e-commerce stores are being stubborn and don't really want to adopt fast as a checkout method, if they can build up a big fan base that is committed to using fast, then they're going to sort of, you know, twist their wrist, so to speak, twist the e-commerce store wrists into using it. For example, an e-commerce shop could say, well, we don't really want to use Apple Pay, 
But if 50% of their customers are demanding Apple Pay, they're probably going to install it because it's the checkout method. So they have sort of the benefit of attacking from both these ways, but also the unique challenge of scaling both these ways. And that includes trying to, you know, get Shopify to adopt them. Although they have currently partnered with Big Commerce, which is exciting. And that's part of the strategy we'll talk about later. The unique value pr- proposition they offer is that they are third party. So, you know, whereas if, if your Facebook or Google one click login, well, you've got to have a Facebook or Google account. This is not account or tool specific. They're just a third party platform. They're also agnostic with payment methods. So, you know, people get into Twitter fights, whatever, and they're like, well, MasterCard or Visa is going to come out with one click pay or, you know, PayPal has one click pay. Cool. Well enough. But you know, what happens if I don't want to be a MasterCard customer or Visa customer? These will let you input whatever payment method you want. I'm assuming, you know, possibly even Apple Pay, things like that. But it all funnels through fast, so it doesn't it doesn't matter. You can use whatever payment method you want versus where these other one-click competitors have an agenda to sort of funnel you into their payment method. They also have really unique features that set them apart. So while there are other companies trying to do the one-click order thing, Fast is working on one-click reorder and one-click returns, which is really, I mean, I hate returns. I absolutely hate, you know, I don't know, Eric, if you hate this, but I hate working through like returns on this and and that's something that they're handling. And so if you kind of like Amazon, no matter where you've shopped across the internet, if you did it with Fast, you could log into fast.co, click the reorder button on that product and it's done, which is a pretty cool value proposition. They're also private, so they keep your privacy and data safe versus like Google, which if you one click sign in with there, of course, Google's going to use all that information. And finally, the other value proposition is they're just building a really cool fan base. They are the Tesla of payments of one click ordering. You know, there's a lot of auto manufacturers working toward autonomous driving and electric vehicles, but none are like Tesla where people are like drawing pictures and creating podcasts and creating YouTube channels devoted to it and trying to convince people to buy stocks. Fast is already quickly building up tens of thousands of followers that are drawing art and cartoons and making animations and just crazy, crazy stuff. And doing podcast episodes like we are and right, doing pod- right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to your point. Us who they caught our attention and now you know we're making a podcast about them. And their goal is obviously to get every major e-commerce platform to use them and, of course, add more features and scale, which they're already doing, returns and reorders. Channels that are using well, primarily their marketing happens on social. Huge shout out to Matt Kobach. We are big fans of Matt's and have been following him you know, since we found out about him, watching them build in public. And and if you go follow fast on Twitter or Instagram, you'll get a master class in how to do social for B2B or B2C. And it looks like they are beginning to branch into podcasts maybe as opportunities come up. I know Dom, I wrote these notes a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Since then, Dom actually went on another big podcast, but he's been on This Week in Startups with Jason Kalkanis and I believe one or two others. So they're just getting started doing podcast, what we would call a podcast tour, but Dom's been solicited to do some interviews And so that's a bit about the company. So we're going to get into, we'll we'll kick it off with the tour strategy. So again, in these episodes, what we're doing is we're saying, we are evaluating the brand saying, okay, what are some tour strategies? That is, what are ways they could go on other people's shows where their audience, that their audience is already listening to and that their audience already trusts to borrow that trust and get their word out there. And then we're going to move into branded strategies. How could they launch their own podcasts? 
to meet their goals, and then finally internal podcasts. How could they start uh, an employee-focused show that might benefit them? And one thing real quick is the cool thing here is that there can be two sort of frameworks to look at this on. Like we'll go through all the strategies, but essentially fast is from a marketing standpoint, it could probably be thought of, and we would need to talk with the fast team about this, but like almost like a marketplace model where it's like you have the demand side and the supply side. They have a B2B side of their business, but also a B2C. They need consumers, you know, just shoppers to know about fast and put upward pressure on the brands themselves as well. Like if they can get a groundswell of consumers who want the fast experience, that is just going to be word of mouth free marketing for them to get that adoption at the brand level that they want. At the That's same right. time, they can do some B2B marketing where they're they're actually attracting e-commerce store owners and brands to want to use fast. And the cool thing here, and we'll go through the strategies, but actually like a lot of these can accomplish both. So I just wanted to set that context too. 100%, yep. And that's the thing. One thing I would add before diving into the tours is like, as far as just like the, you know, getting, we definitely tackled more of the B2B in this strategy, but even exploring podcast advertising at Mm -hmm. some point for them for the, to get more consumers using, using fast, like that's going to be your fastest way to get reach, of course, every which way you f- you face a problem, right? Like I'm sure mm-hmm. then if they ran ads, people would go over and be like, well, they need to probably drive them to a landing page where they could see the types of shops and start with the biggest and go to the smallest and be like, create one fast account. You'll get to use it at shops like these and then promote all of them. But that would be pretty cool. So for a tour strategy, there's a few categories here. First would be e-commerce shows. So this would raise awareness of fast checkout to more e-commerce store owners. This is the obvious one. And on this, Jeremiah, like, who are we thinking? We're going to go through some categories here for the tour strategy of like, who from fast team? Dom is obviously an obvious choice, but maybe Matt, maybe there's other folks exactly on the team as well who might, and, and we would probably cover that. But for this, we'll go through and Jeremiah will go through this and we can do it together. But it doesn't just have to be one person on the team. It can be the person who can most speak to these individual types of shows and get in front of you know thousands, tens of thousands of listeners on all these shows and put the best person on the fast team who is the best you know domain expert in that field on the team on, on those shows. That's right. Yeah, they've got an amazing team, you know, who we've been following as well, besides just Dom and Matt. So, you know, like for part of what Eric's saying is like when we get to the marketing shows as as a subject matter of shows that you could go on for a tour, you know, having Matt go on there and talk about social strategy would be in a good a good example, like as, as sort of the thought. Allison. Leader. Right. Having Allison go on. Allison Barr, yeah, Alan, their COO, I know could do a lot of leadership shows as well and things like that. That's right. Yep. And a lot of like HR related podcasts mm-hmm. to talk about fast flex and things like that. Yeah. So basically what we're with the e-commerce shows, this is the obvious one. The goal here would be to raise awareness of fast checkout to more store owners, right? This is like the very obvious one. So examples of shows, uh, the, you know, these are, you know, not exactly specific ones, but the privy e-commerce marketing show, e-commerce fuel. I'm not sure whether the new Shopify 
probably the new Shopify master show wouldn't work for them because this is more toward like actual store owners. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but e-commerce fuel, e-commerce uncensored, e-commerce momentum. I mean, there's just so many e-commerce shows, right? That like so many e-commerce marketing shows that just the top 20 to 30 shows in that market would spread a good amount of blanket awareness. Dom is probably a pretty natural candidate to go on these shows because he's just He's just contagious with his enthusiasm and ability to sort of sell the, the vision of fast. If you want a good example of it, go listen to his interview on This Week in Startups. And we'll go through some other categories here, but this category right here, you know, whether that number is 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 podcasts that are active and interview guests and are focused on e-commerce in general, whether that's brands or experts, this is an absolute direct hit of category or topic like you would only listen to an e-commerce related podcast if you were either in the industry or more likely you know you own a business or you work at a company that is an e-commerce brand and you're looking to improve it so like maybe the show there could be shows in other categories that are larger but these may actually drive more impact depending on you know that broad awareness is great but if we can get a show that is listened to by like a broad awareness show listened to by 50,000 people might be less effective than an e-commerce podcast listened to by 5,000 e-commerce store owners. Right. And that's something to, to consider. But who all really trust the host. Who all really trust the host. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And again, if you've listened to our show, like on other topics, if, if you want to go back and listen to, we have a specific breakdown of tour and why podcast tours are so powerful. And part of the reason is because you do get to, essentially the the bullet list reason of, of the power of tours here is that you are borrowing trust that the show host has worked so hard to create, right? So like listeners tune into a show, they trust the host, they trust, that's why podcast ads work so well. They trust the host recommendation. They trust the guests that the host has on. Secondly, it lets you share your story. And so the elevator pitch is not something you're forced within the constraints of. You actually get 30 minutes to share your story, which builds trust and builds awareness. So when people go to your website, in this in this case, when they would go to fast.co, they would already have a full context of what fast is about and already trust them and already have ethos. It you know increases signups and and registrations and purchases and all of that because the trust is already there from that. So with the e-commerce shows, that's definitely a huge play. The other second category they could tackle here is developer-based shows. So this is, you know, here obviously they could have their head of like their CTO or, you know, whoever would be the right person to talk about from a tech perspective. I mean, they're facing some pretty big challenges here, right? So you know, being able to do things that integrate with existing e-commerce platforms and things like one-click reordering, I always imagine those are fascinating tech challenges to talk about. So this would get developers excited about what Fast is doing and help attract top talent, something that they're really trying to do. Like Dom has been, you know, really unabashed in his like, you know, solicitation of the best people that, you know, they pulled people from Uber and like the highest level people from across the world. Um, Matt used to work for the New York Stock Exchange. Like, they're running an A-team. So like, here's a couple shows that that could be a good fit for. The Lex Friedman podcast, the A16Z podcast, TED Tech, Recode Decode. I mean, these are all big shows. Like Recode Decode is obviously a big show. But again, if you can get on This Week in Startups with Jason Kalkanis, there's probably a chance you can get on Recode Decode. Kara Swisher, you know, is is big in that space and, and probably would be interested in covering this, is a journalist in, in the tech space and political space as well. But all this to say, developer, again, 
targeting the top 10, 20, 30 developer shows, you're also targeting, you're getting developers excited about this. And and like, even if they don't end up coming over right now, right, but you're going to need good developers in five years or in one year or whatever as you scale, they're going to already have a frame of reference for what Fast is doing. Yeah, and, you know, folks who listen to those shows also aren't just necessarily developers. And I'm sure Fast is looking to like, obviously scale up their developer team, but also I'm sure across the board, like they have roles they're looking to fill as they grow. And these shows in particular, like this type of category is like, these shows are very influential and just like tech and startup culture in general. So like people just inside of that ecosystem are listening to a lot of those types of shows. And so like, not necessarily, it, it, some of it is just more sort of entertainment slash education as opposed to like looking to get something specific out of it, like a lesson. And so the cool thing of being featured on one of these shows is like you get to be a part of someone being a team or a company or a person being highlighted as like something cool happening in tech and startup culture right now. And talented people want to listen to that and stay plugged into that. And so you may feel you know, you may f- find some awareness, you know, with consumers like interested in the product, but also just talent across the board, including developers. Yeah, absolutely. Closely related to this category is the third one they could go on, which is startup-based shows. So this is where they can build their employer brand. They can also kind of build their, what I'll call their investment brand, like, you know, for raising subsequent series of funding, they're going to be able to talk to potential future investors or at least share their story. Like this is something where by going on startup shows, not only are they, are they, you're kind of, you know, getting a blanket of benefits from this, like number one, investors listen. So if you're going to raise subsequent funds, you might get, you know, investors reaching out to you who are interested or who follow you, or at least when, when they hear uh, that you're raising another round, they kind of already know who you are. You've been on this show that they trust. The other thing is press that are, are writing about it. So, you know, there's a lot of startup-based shows, right? Like they've already been on Twist, there's Mixergy, there's shows like Product Hunt Radio. Product Hunt Radio hasn't recorded since April, but um, I'm not sure if they're planning on spinning out any new episodes, but the 20-minute VC, and then shows that are even bigger than that, like How I Built This, which obviously not everyone's going to be able to get onto that show, but given you know given their size and, and Stripe leading the investment and things like that, there, there's a good chance of that for them. So startup-based shows, again, there's a lot of there's business casual with with morning brew there's a lot of good shows here that they would be able to pitch and it's going to have a wide you know a wide range of benefits for them well you also have to think like e-commerce entrepreneurs CEOs of e-commerce brands founders are not only listening to e-commerce podcasts like sometimes i think it's pretty in marketing it can kind of you think it's such a one to one like the only way to get in front of e-commerce founders is to go get in front of e-commerce publications, e-commerce podcasts, e-commerce newsletters. But they're also listening to, like if you talk with some of them and you and you did some like one-to-one research on this, like get on calls with folks, like what podcasts are you listening to? You would likely find a lot of them are listening to some of those, but also a lot of just general startup podcasts. Like how to be a better leader, how to be a better founder, learning from founders across other verticals that aren't in e-commerce, but taking those lessons into their own. So I think we'd also be shocked to find how much actual impact these shows could directly have to fast signups from, from the brands, but also consumers 
from these shows, even though they're not explicitly e-commerce related podcasts. That's right. Yep. Yeah, 100%. The last two categories here would be HR shows and marketing shows. So I touched on this briefly, but HR shows, right, they could talk about, I think this is probably like a lesser category to focus on, but it's still like a definitely a, a one that falls within a wheelhouse if we're exploring like all ranges. So HR shows, they could talk about Fast Flex. I mean, there are other companies doing what they're doing with Fast Flex. For anyone listening who is not familiar with this, um, if you've not been following Fast, Fast Basically, they sort of did away with the traditional, like, you've got to come to this office. And also, in light of of COVID and everything, they also didn't say, well, now we're fully remote and there's nowhere to work. They still provide an office space, I believe, for people in San Francisco who want a physical space to go work in. But then if that timeline, if the nine to five doesn't work for you, if your best hours are another time range, if you want to, you know, Matt right now is traveling, is on like a cross-country trip while doing their marketing. So if you want to travel the country, if you want to work on the East Coast or in other parts of the world, they call it fast flex. So it's like, just get your work done. You can work on the timeline and from wherever it works for you. Or it's flexible if you want an office space. You know, you can come in and do an office. So again, I, I don't think like they're necessarily the first ones to, I mean, they definitely know they're not the first ones to do it, but branding it, like branding their work culture like that. They also are award winners for diversity. So for diversity in the workplace is one of like the biggest things they've been noted on and called out. I think they won an award recently for that. So again, these are all things they could talk about on HR-based podcasts. I would put leadership shows in that category too. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, you know, there's some really great leadership podcasts that cover those. That is one core theme and one core topic that's often brought up on those, which is like, how do you lead a team? How do you attract a team? But how do you lead a team? What policies, practices, strategies do you put in place to get the most out of your team and provide them the lifestyle that they want? and everybody wins, like all of those sorts of things. Plus, they're scaling a company quickly. And like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So like, how are you juggling that and managing that process? I think a lot of totally. leaders, again, would be curious. To yeah, learn. again, like CEOs are going to listen to leadership podcasts. And they may also, in fact, be e-commerce CEOs. Right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's what's important to say here is like, there is just a network effect with podcasting, right? It's, it's kind of like you have a, you have an idea of who like, let's call it like who the 80% of their audience is, right. but then you're always going to get this like weird, maybe it's, maybe it's like 80 or 90% or like who you think they're going to be like maybe 80 to 90% of e-commerce shows are like e-commerce store owners, right? Like who, who want tips on growing their business. But then like the other 10% could be like, Shopify developers. And like by reaching that 10%, you know, or, or by reaching 500 Shopify developers through these shows, those Shopify developers are going to go and put pressure on Shopify to integrate fast as a checkout option, where Shopify is currently not allowing third party checkout options. So again, there's this kind of this network effect, like Eric's saying, so like you're like you're reaching more than than mm-hmm. your target audience. And of course, the last uh, category here is marketing shows, which I discussed, I touched on briefly, but Matt is a master craftsman at, at social strategy. They're building in public. They're making their social strategy really clear and transparent. 
And so Matt would be a good candidate here to go on social media marketing school, social media church podcast, the science of social media by Buffer, social media marketing by social media examiner. All these are pretty big social media shows who, I mean, he's just so weighty and influential. I'm, I have no doubt he could get on those shows as well as just more general marketing shows, B2B marketing leaders podcast, the CMO show, the CMO podcast. There's just sort of all these marketing related ones. And again, here, it may not be that the direct listeners are like going to go install fast on their e-commerce store or sign up and become customers. But you're getting then a ton of influential people now following fast to retweet what fast is doing and praise fast for what they're doing in public. So if a thousand, five thousand, twenty-five thousand heavily followed social media experts listening to these shows go, you know, hear Matt and then decide, well, we're gonna follow fast and like watch them get built in public. You're just gonna get more social benefits from that. So I think that this is another, you know, final category that would be worth exploring. Yeah. And I mean, marketers are one of the most vocal, you know, groups of profession, uh, professionals about things they like, things they don't, things they're seeing. Like their job, marketer's job, right. a marketer's job is to make noise, is to talk, is to like share things, is to, you know, and so the cool thing here, and this is why Fast is, is working so well at their marketing strategy. Like they got on my radar across through Twitter because a lot of people were talking about it. And a lot of those people are marketers. You're a marketer and, you, and you're following what they're doing because they're executing so well. And yep. so the same thing, let's just take that format that's working exactly as it was intended and in the playbook they're running on social and just talk about it in a 30-minute format and get that awareness there as well. And like marketers' jobs ultimately are is to drive revenue. And if one-click purchases equals more revenue, you could argue getting in front of marketers whose jobs are being tied to increasing revenue and then being aware of a product that could drive 10, 20, 30, 40% of revenue that would not have been, that would have not come through because the experience was poor, that may not necessarily fall under their hat and their role, but like it could be something that they they actually bring to the team. For example, I think I think this is what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but like Dom recently shared some stats on Twitter that, you know, fast, let's make up a number here. Let's say fast increased purchases by 25% yep. after 30 days of use at the stores that they measured, yep. right? On stores that did X amount of volume. If more marketers follow fast on Twitter, then those CMOs or heads of marketing or VPs of marketing are going to go on places like LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever. And like, they're always looking for data yes. and actionables and case studies to share. So they're going to say, by streamlining your checkout process, you will increase more customers. Yes. Case study, these stores use fast, increase purchases by this much, resulting in this much profit. Like those are kind of case studies that even if the marketers are not, have no skin in the game, they still want to know that data to talk about it. And marketers love talking about marketing. And so right now we are talking about fast marketing. And so if there's more, there's, there's people who have not heard of fast yet. There are marketers who have not heard of fast yet. Or there are some that have seen it a little bit, but they don't know the full story. They haven't gone like super deep. What if we get that awareness across dozens of marketing podcasts, tell the story deeply of the marketing strategies, and now they're telling the case study of fast marketing on their LinkedIn, on their Twitter, on, you know, whatever, as an example. And that's just further spreading the word about fast amongst- 100%. You know, all yep. those folks' audiences, so. Yep. And then it's worth saying that Kyle Tibbetts, their director of marketing, 
he actually runs the Paradox podcast, which between that and either the podcast or the newsletter, he's got his own 20,000 plus listeners, you know, that are tuning in to hear him have quality conversations. So there's, I'm sure that's the point, right? I mean, we've seen the microphones and and the, the nice mic stands at fast. I'm sure they're queuing up something here. So there's just a lot of ways that they could take this. Wrapping this section up, let's move into the branded strategy. So this is where these are ideas to create their own show to build their own audience who they get to talk to every week. Again, there's multiple audiences that they can talk to here for a branded show. So there's three sort of like pitches. And if you're, again, if you're new to the, to this format, this is something where we are trying to actually like even come up with names uh, which obviously sometimes are good, sometimes are bad. Like we're kind of coming up with these as, as we go. But so the first one is Life in the Fast Lane. This would be a show that would talk to developers, attract top talent, and build their employer brand. So this is similar to the strategy that Netflix employed, which is what does Netflix we, call their we show? Are, we, we, we are, are Netflix. Net- yep. We are Netflix. So the and if you want, um, just Google, I'm not, I think we linked to it in one of our articles at lemonpie.fm, but you can find actually a case study. I forget who the gentleman was, but he shared some statistics and basically saying like, this has been the most effective thing they've done for hiring and for employer branding. So life in the fast lane would, the audience would be top talent and it would be an episodic show as opposed to a serial show. So we always break this down. Like episodic is like one interview or one story or one concept per episode versus serial, which is one story or interview or topic spread across multiple. Um, So this could be episodic. And then the premise is they sort of pass the mic across departments to share what it's like to build the future of the internet. This would be developers, marketers, product managers would all be interested in this because basically as they go through, they can talk about hear the leaders of each department talk about, you know, first of all, share their excitement for why they're at Fast, where they worked before, what drew them to Fast. That would be a big like topic that each of them could start out with, why they joined, the perks of the culture there, what it's like to work, what challenges they're solving and why those challenges are important, where they see the future of that space going. So like where, you know, developers could speak to that, social could speak to that. And so basically this would be sort of like a limited series where they would pass the mic around. It wouldn't, you know, go on forever, but it could be a maybe like a, a limited series of say five to seven episodes where they'd pass the mic a- across the departments um, and sort of share what it really when you listen, you get a good takeaway from like, wow, this is what it's like to work here. They could address things like, you know, diversity, the challenges in technology, the challenges that they're facing, work-life balance, like just all these things. And by Having this as a limited series podcast, then of course on their careers page, this is the natural place to promote that. And they would be able to, and again, we've talked about this before. If you go listen to our episode on internal podcasts, but this really is powerful because anyone who is interested in working with you can get like, they can take their time and without sort of like being pressured or like they get a chance to listen in and see if this is a place that they want to like maybe DM Dom about, like Matt did to get a job. Like they want to reach out because they get excited about what they're doing. Or, you know, this is just a way for them to evaluate what the company is like sort of at a distance. Totally. And there's a couple ways to think about it, but in the competition for top talent, like in the world, inherently top talent has a lot of options. Like they either are going to do their own thing or they're going to, 
find the brand that they want to work with the most because they care about what that brand is doing. They care about the mission and they believe in how they're doing it. Or they're going to kind of shop around and like go to the top places and get bids from the mall and like see which one might be the most lucrative, enjoyable, you know, all those various things. The best way to win on that, you know, that you can win it across all of them, but the best way to win would be have them the same way we don't want as a marketer, you don't want folks to go to Google and just click on like the five brands that show up on page one because they did SEO well. And then they just like comparison shop you and like it's a race to the bottom on price and they don't really care about the brand. They just want the commodity for the lowest price. But instead, if you're the brand that they're typing into Google, then they're seeking you out. They're not worried about this being a commodity or other brands. They want to work with you. That's what you want for the employer branding. And this is a tool to help do that. So and if they are shopping around and say they have offers from Uber, Facebook, Twitter, and Fast, how are they going to decide? There's a host of ways you can help them choose Fast, but we believe this would be one of the best. To hear from the founders, to hear from other folks they would work with, to hear the challenges, to hear what they're working on, to hear how they're thinking about problems bigger and more bold and more inspiring than anybody else, and telling that in a, like, a fun, inspiring, like heart-provoking type of way that they can listen to when they're on a walk. And then they spend, if they do five to seven episodes to your point or 10 or more or whatever, they spend hours and hours and hours learning about the culture and the brand and the mission behind Fast, such that like that could give you a competitive advantage to have them say, no, I don't want to work at Uber, Twitter, Facebook. I want to work at Fast. And, yeah, and maybe 100%. I'm taking less, I don't know anything about their offers or anything, but you know, maybe I'm taking less money or maybe you know whatever, but like I still want to work at fast. And that is one really big tool that we think could be in the, the tool belt that not a lot of companies are using, frankly. That's why it's interesting. I don't think a lot of companies are using that as a tool in their in the competition for attracting top talent right now. Maybe more will in the future, but right now you could just by nature of being fast, <laughs> bad joke. You can <laughs> you can they could win. Fast and first. They could win yeah. on this fast and first. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I really think the sort of we are Netflix type podcast, I'm surprised more bigger companies aren't doing them. Like, because if you think about it, like the companies I think of when I think about huge demand is like where there's low turnover and people love, like, yes, people like Basecamp, right? Yes. Prime example. Very low turnover. They rarely hire and people really want to work yep. there. And like, People know about their perks and their benefits, like just from because the Signal V Noise has such a huge following. You know, so people are following Basecamp and they just happen to like Jason Fried happens to be, you know, vocal on his thoughts on work life. And so people know what it's like to work there from like their tweets, but having a show really. And their books. And their books, right. You know, their books are almost a form of like this delivery of information in their way. That's right. But this right. would be a podcast format and maybe Dom and the team would choose a different format. But the point is like, can you deliver this information some way? We think a podcast is great because they can hear your voice and you can tell it in a very sort of, you know, ins inspiring and narrative style. Sure. And if they're going to work there, they get to hear. I mean, whenever the value of podcasting is you feel like you get to know the person yes. talking because there's this power of voice and connection. You're in their ears. So you, if you're considering working there, you're, you feel like you know yep. the, you feel like you know Kyle Tibbetts. It's like, well, Kyle, I've heard Kyle talk for an hour. Exactly. You know I mean? Like I know how he thinks about this. Like his voice is not unfamiliar to me. Yes. Yes. And the last thing I'll say here too is Netflix. It was cool seeing Netflix's uh, breakdown of their case study on this on We Are Netflix. And they said, 
I believe it was 2019 when this was published. They're still producing this podcast to this day. Ongoing episodes are still coming out. But they said it was the number one way they attracted the top talent to come work at Netflix was this podcast out of everything else that they were doing. Wow. Yeah, we linked to the case study from, I think, from the show notes there. I forget, but... We can put them in this episode show notes too. We'll we'll look cool. for it and put it in there. All right. The second branded podcast that they could start is Cha-Ching. <laughs> it's an e-commerce show designed to talk to e-commerce store owners. All right. So before you think that this name is silly, I got this name because Dom was sharing how he started a Cha-Ching Slack channel that sounds off every time someone makes a purchase with Fast, which is kind of a cool, you know, fun celebratory idea. So I thought cha-ching would be like, I mean, every e-commerce store owner, right? If you have a Shopify app and it goes bling and right. like you get a new sale, that's a dope feeling. Like, yes. So cha-ching, obviously, you don't have to go with that name, but uh, <laughs> but I think it's cool. Is so, that Slack channel just going to completely, like, is it going to just completely break and blow I would think up. Like, have I to, don't... Yeah, I was going to say, I think they'd have to like eventually take the alerts down to like, <laughs> Daily, or like you know, when they hit every for every like ten thousand, like a summary or something. Or something. Yeah, like, yeah, just be going off all day. So one idea here. Okay, so I want to I want to say something in this one. This is again same as with the tour talking. This this is the obvious podcast, right? Like it does. You don't have to listen to Lemon Pie, like we eat, sleep, and breathe podcast. But you don't need to be us to know that starting a podcast talking to e-commerce store owners is like obvious. The reason why I want to include it at the risk of it seeming like so obvious, like, okay, these people don't really know what they're talking about. Like, this is just like so juvenile. Here's the thing. Number one, there's still a massive amount of space in podcasting to talk to e-commerce store owners. Number two, connecting that case in point, Shopify just launched a podcast called Masters where essentially they're doing what like Privy the e-commerce marketing tool, like third-party tool, have been doing for months. Like Privy's been having conversations with top e-commerce store owners to dig into like insights and marketing insights to help other e-commerce store. And they're like, they're in like the top 20, depending on which list you look at for e-commerce shows. Privy's relatively new to the podcasting game and they're already like in the top like 20. And Shopify just got started with this launching their show Masters. And they're talking to like Beard Brand and like other, you know, very, very like well-known. And I'm sure they're obviously probably all Shopify customers. So I just think that rather than saying, oh, well, Privy or Shopify is in this space, it's it's done. It's like, no, Shopify just got in the space. Like there's so much room to become a standout podcast talking to e-commerce store owners. The other thing here is that my guess is Shopify is only going to ever have on store owners that are using Shopify, where a very cool thing to do would be, um, same as they are with the payment method, fast podcast, cha-ching, could be sort of agnostic. So they could talk to big commerce store owners, Shopify store owners, Squarespace store owners, like wh whatever it may be. If you're in e-commerce, you can be on the show versus being limited just to Shopify. The difficulty here, of course, is standing out from 40 you know, plus existing e-commerce shows. But again, here's the thing. Most of these are episodic, meaning they tell one, they, they interview one, really it's not even a story. I would say they would tell one, they interview one store owner per episode. So there's two areas for diversification here. One is 
go a storytelling route over just interviewing. And the second is go serial versus episodic. So, you know, I think there's benefits to both. I'm not sort of in one camp over another. Obviously, talking to 40 really popular e-commerce stores, even like some Fortune 1000, you know, e-commerce brands, talking to 40 of them in 40 episodes, you're going to provide, you have the benefit of providing a ton of insight and knowledge and wisdom, like across a, a diversity of types of stores that, you know, people can get takeaways from. However, you may be one of the first serial, you know, style shows if, say, you did like Huckberry or whatever it may be, like pick a really popular, Shopify did Beard Brand, right? If you did Beard Brand, instead of just giving Beard Brand 40 minutes of a quick Q&A, if you did like a full storytelling sound effects, like robust serial podcast about the start, you know, failures, growth, like how they went from $1 to 1 million plus, right? This is another idea. You could call the show one to 1 million if you wanted to. Like, so doing a serial show where like every season is a new store, you do a new type of industry every season. And so, you know, season one is beard brand. Season two is Huckberry. Season three is, you know, whatever it may be. You do clothing, you do cosmetics, you do, you know, wearables, whatever it may be. And you could even tell the story of like major fortune 1000 brands that like up until now were selling through Nordstrom's and things like that and decided to go online and like, what's that like for them? So there's a huge amount of ability to stand out here in this space. And, you know, again, we're so early with podcasting that 40 shows is not a lot compared to how many like YouTube channels there are and other things like that. So cha-ching or the idea I just came up with on the fly just now, you know, one to 1 million or one to 10 million or whatever direction they want to take it. There's huge opportunity here to tell the story of successful e-commerce owners and really reach e-commerce shop owners. And it's also worth saying most e-commerce shop owners, like there's a good bit of them that are not just going to listen to one show, right? Like they may look on and be like, you know, there may be 40 podcasts, but only 10 good shows. And so out of the 10, like then you're really only competing against 10 good shows. And people rotate this. Like there's a lot of hours in a week when they work out and they commute or they go grocery shopping or they're cleaning their homes. So the, the, the opportunity here is endless. And one final idea before kind of getting your thoughts, Eric, is, you know, one of their biggest partners is Big Commerce. And so it'd be cool to partner with Big Commerce for this. I'm not sure how big, I'm sure Big Commerce would be cool with letting them interview like Shopify store owners, but they could partner with Big Commerce just for leverage. Like they could, you know, have them involved in some way um, for more reach or whatever. So that's just kind of a side idea. But I think that this could be a really powerful thing. And again, some ways to diversify here would be, while they could go traditional interview, they could also go serialized with interviews or they could do one per episode, but make it more a storytelling narrative. Totally. And like, you know, the thing with podcasting is it's not like if there's one or even dozens or hundreds of podcasts that are addressing a certain topic or category, that means there's no other room for another show addressing that topic or category. That would be the same as thinking like, there's companies that have blog posts that are covering e-commerce. So we should not write articles about e-commerce. There's already five books on leadership. We can't write a book on leadership. There's books about marketing. We shouldn't write a marketing book. The information, as much as people may say, like there's, I think there's a few sides of the camp on this one, but like, 
information is a commodity. That can be true. I actually don't think it's as true with podcasting as some may think because you have your own layers of expertise and context and knowledge and personality that may may appeal. You can do a different format and segments and spin on the podcast, even in the same category. That's one way to solve for this. But the other is just who you are. Like, who's the host of this podcast? What's the team behind Fast? Yeah, their their ability to to dig into like, man, we have seen this time and time again, like the ability to dig into details and follow up on the right questions yes. where uh, like to pursue a line of something yes. on the fly where other people would just move on to the next question. But it's what the listeners really wanted to hear. Yes, exactly. You could literally have two podcasts named the exact same thing, interviewing the same guests and have two wildly different success rates of that podcast based on who you are coming to the table as the person running that show and the ideas you have and how prepared you are and things like that and your approach to it. So I think the thing that is not predic- the thing that does not predict success with podcasts is just like the idea and the name and the approach. It's also equally, you know, what you're bringing to it as a human and as a team b- behind that. And so I think that this is a no-brainer. And I don't think just because it's obvious that we should overlook it, you know, we, we sometimes it can be easy to want to get fancy in marketing. It's like, oh, this is too obvious. Right, right. Maybe it's obvious because we should do it. <laughs> like, right, you know? right. Well, and like we're saying, it's all in the approach, right? It's like every podcast company in the world would say, hey, fast, you should do this type of show. But the way that you approach it is everything. And I want to say two other things about this, about diversification. One is um, the quality of production. Like yes. There are people running e-commerce shows that have a philosophy that they take on podcasting, which is fine. We're, we're fine with this. Again, we, we don't take stances on what on types. It's like what you, we want what your audience wants, what's going what's gonna to catch fire among your audience. But they have a philosophy that it's more about speed and quantity. You know, and maybe they don't, Maybe that's what their audience wants because it's just the quantity. But so then maybe there's room for like you can be different enough just through quality of production. Like if you do a storytelling show that's really high production value. And depth. Um, we our, our friends at Buffer put out Breaking Brand, incredible production, cool podcast to go listen to. The just them shipping their guests a high quality microphone yep. so that both voices sound amazing, yep. which is something like we do. That alone could could be a, dif- a differentiator. The second benefit I want to say, or thing I want to say, is from a benefit standpoint. Wise, let's say they chose not to just approach anybody and everybody, but let's say they wanted to only target like the top fifty, yes, you know, e-commerce stores, yes, in the world, right? What they're probably going to be doing then is naturally building relationships through podcasting, yep. and we're not about doing this in like a in like a, a selfish you know, sort of way, but, but they're going to build relationships with the top store owners in the world who like, just as a natural byproduct, like Rand Fishkin talked about this, like they just might as a natural byproduct be like, whoa, like we hadn't really considered fast before. There's goodwill, there's relationships built by them being on the show. They may get more adoption among the top brands that way. And again, by getting the top brands to adopt it, every other smaller person that's looking up to those brands and wants to grow to that size is like, oh, what is this chick out option they added? Like they want to add that then. So there's also this like trickle down effect that I think that they can get from it. Yeah. And I'm sure with the bigger brands, those sales cycles, quote unquote, are are longer, you know, to get that adoption. So 
a great place to maybe start is having them have have heard about Fast on social and the other marketing stuff they're doing, but then build a relationship and provide them value and, and have them on the show and feature them and create content together. Like that could be a great way and, and that may lead to something you know, in the future. But them making a decision to implement something at their size has huge you know, implications. So that may take a while. And so you can play the long game with them and, and create some content together and create a great piece of material and podcast episode that features them, but then see where the relationship goes from there. Yeah, 100%. All right, we're going to try and go a little bit quicker. I'll try and move us through faster just because we're getting at the top end of where we want to be, but we just have so much to talk about with Fast. So the third, the the final type of branded show that they could create, I'm calling it tentatively The Internet We Wanted. Love that name. And this is kind of a different spin. This would be a show that highlights the people building the future of the internet. So again, not really e-commerce store owner focused, not really investor owned, maybe maybe more of an investor audience. I'm not really sure. This would just kind of be a fun one to do that where they're highlighting people that are doing what they're doing. So trying to build, and this is a phrase I took um you know, I think that Dom might have said this phrase at one point in one of the many things that I, I was reading about him. So the audience would be developers and makers, and it could be one interview per episode. Again, this maybe this falls under employer branding. There's kind of this touches on a bunch of things, but it'd be one interview per episode. It'd be an episodic show. And the premise is that fast is building the internet that we all wanted, right? Like these are the things the internet's supposed to make easy, like not filling out a whole bunch of forms and forgetting my password and, you know, or like the worst is when you're on a store and it's like continue as guest or, or create an account. It's like, I might only buy here once. I don't want to create a whole account for you. So they're building the internet we all wanted. One click gets you payments, reorders, no password. So the premise is that they, as leaders in that, talk to other companies that are building the internet we all wanted. Companies that are solving unique problems, solving for outdated solutions, just generally making the internet a better place for all of us. So this could be a cool thing just to sort of like spearhead and lead the way and be position their brand as innovators in the tech space. I love this because, again, back to our point of the podcast tour, getting on shows that aren't e-commerce shows being beneficial because e-commerce owners listen to other categories. Same thing here. This could be a case where it could differentiate from the pure e-commerce play and build a show that early adopters or forward-thinking leaders or entrepreneurs who are pushing the ball forward at their companies but also interested in in like others that are doing the same. This could be, I could see this being a show that they would not want to miss an episode of. Hmm. And at the same time, a subset of them might actually be e-commerce store owners or be those that aren't but have friends. And they like, I think the trickle effect from something like this, the uniqueness of it and the angle and positioning of it. So it also puts fast in this category of building the, a piece of the internet that we all wanted. But I think it actually could be one that ends up becoming like a top five. If executed correctly, the premise is strong enough that I think it could end up becoming like one in the in the steady rotation for a lot of a lot of forward thinking, early adopter type, innovative founders, CEOs, things like that. Yeah, 100%. All right. So wrapping up, coming to the last segment of the show, if you stayed with us this long, 
we're going to talk about internal podcasting. So as the final piece to our, as we walk through every brand, you know, the, the brands with these strategies, we like to touch on what could they do for internal podcasting? This is the often overlooked segment of podcasting. So what could they do to build community, to build culture, build community, rally the team around a single message, all the things that communicating to your team regularly does. So Tentative name here, you know, they could name it after their work policy. So a podcast called something like Fast Flex or, I mean, obviously if they didn't go with the other one, they could call it Life in the Fast Lane. That'd be cool too. So Flex or Fast Flex would be an internal podcast designed to talk to employees, build culture and unify the team asynchronously. This would be especially valuable because of their work policy where people can work from anywhere. So I mentioned this before, talked about their their culture that, you know, you can go in the office or, or work from wherever time frame or geographic place you thrive at. And so in combining the both the worlds, they're up to, the, they have this challenge. They've got a, a challenge here in unifying their team around this. So FastFlex would be an internal show where they basically pass the mic from department to department to share what they're working on, what challenges they're facing, and what perspectives they want to share. So, you know, again, this would be like CMO Dave Gerhardt, right? Our friend talks a lot about the importance of marketing, sharing with the sales team what's going on, or, you know, having marketing communicate with customer support or whatever so that they know kind of... Yep. Exactly, exactly. Internal marketing. So this, the audience would be employees, there'd be one or multiple team members per episode, and basically, this would be like an open mic concept. So, you know, anyone can sort of upload an episode whenever they want. They sort of get to get on the mic and say, hey, this is something, you know, we're facing, we're working on, wanted to update everyone on the team. And this just allows everyone to listen in a way that when they are ready to consume it, right? This is the beauty of asynchronous communication where channels like Slack and stuff are a little bit more interrupting people being able to tune to the podcast, like they're going to take a break, make coffee. Oh, look, a new episode in Fast Flex. You know, let me hear, I see that it's Kyle Tibbetts, you know, giving a marketing update. Cool. Or, hey, it's Dom. And Dom's like, they just had a big hurdle they had to overcome. And Dom's rallying the team, you know, like he's good at and whatever. So that that's concept number one. Concept internal podcast concept number two is up to speed. I'm trying really hard here with these plays because they just love their plays on words. So. <laughs> it's working. It's, it's working. Up to Speed, an onboarding podcast by Fast. So this would be an HR-related podcast where they break down company policies, life at Fast. Again, because of their Fast Flex culture, Up to Speed would be, this would be another limited series podcast. So they would have maybe one episode per department or maybe it would be like, hey, everyone listens to episode one, which is like, Life at Fast, episode two is like culture here and how things work. And then episode three is like episode three through whatever is like pick your department and you're going to hear your department head sort of welcome you in. So each of these, obviously the benefit here is it's private. Only employees get to hear it, but it's a way to asynchronously communicate. But it lets them, you know, so while Matt is driving to another cold, you know, Western state and he's not on social, he's able to like get an update from someone you know, go, that's doing something. Yeah, there's two things here. So one is, this is another, obviously co- internal communication, everybody knows like is important. And there's only so many ways to do that. You can write it, you can write an internal company newsletter. You can hit people up on Slack. You can do a Loom video. You can, you know, do some other form of like video or whatever. The cool thing with this is it's like another way, the same reason podcasting works in general is because like people may want to consume it Maybe people are like zoomed out 
today. They can't sit down and watch another 20-minute video. They've been on Zoom calls all day. They've been sitting in their chair all day long. Maybe they want to go take their dog for a walk and hear from Allison, like, what's going on in the company this week for nine minutes, you know, and get excited about what's ahead and sort of decompress outside on a walk. So it's like, it's a way to deliver the information, but in a format that might be a little bit more approachable and consumed at a higher rate than like Slack or written or video. So that's number one. Number two is like internal communication is important. And actually like we could argue it is the most important thing you can possibly do. Like every problem at, at your company, this is not fast. This is just like across the board. It's a pretty broad statement, but like could boil down to a context problem. If the smart people you hired, the top people, top A-level people you hired at your company do not have the context of what they need to make the best decisions for what they're working on, because you're not looking over their shoulder as a good leader, like you're not looking over their shoulder every single day. So it's your job to make sure they have the information they need to make the best decisions. If they don't, they'll make the wrong decisions, not because they're bad, but because they didn't have the right information. So we think you have to deliver the information. And if you haven't used a podcast to do that, it could be a really interesting means to do it and get a higher, I think internal newsletters, I think like if we look at the stats, it's something like they have like a 10% open rate. And this obviously is, you know, as you get bigger and bigger, that rate gets lower and lower. Sure. So like, how can you get people to consume internal information that could be perceived as boring or bland or whatever? Number one is make it fun, but number two is make it easy to consume and it doesn't feel like homework. Yeah. And so this is a way to approach that. Yeah, 100%. And the ability, again, with podcasting just to like, again, we, I want to be careful here because we're also, it's a part of our company culture at Lemon Pie that we want to build. We like the base camp phrase, a calm company, or like we, we don't want to like put demands on people outside like normal, healthy, like work hours. We try and encourage work-life balance. So, you know, I don't want any brands listening to this being like, oh, this is a way that outside of the 40 or 50 hours I'm making my employees work, I can make them work more. But, you know, if you're giving them the autonomy that a lot of mm-hmm. companies are now, like I want to listen to company info on my drive into work or like, or, you know, maybe you don't, maybe you want to do it while you go for a run or it's like, yeah, this is my 3 PM lull. I'm going to put some water on for coffee and I'm going to take my dog for a walk around the block and I can get caught up on company news. So yep. it does just allow that flexibility. So, all right. Well, this is one of our longer episodes, but this was fun to do. We really, if you know, thanks for tuning in to our second How Brands Could Podcast episode. Obviously, you know, past episodes, we dive, we do deep dives into each of these types of podcasts. If you want to learn about those to our listeners, let us know what other brands you want to hear us do case studies on and breakdowns for. If you, if there's a, a brand that is not currently using podcasting in all of its forms that you want to hear from, hit us up on Twitter. That's the best place to sort of reach us on social, or you can email Eric at E-R-I-K at lemonpie.fm or hi at lemonpie.fm and request one. And if Fast is listening, Dom, or if you or the team are listening, we just want to say that we're in your corner. We are really excited about what you all are doing. Keep up the good work. Keep building in public. It definitely caught our eye. And um, yeah, we hope some of these ideas help you. So thanks, everyone. And we'll catch you next episode.